Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. And I've got an entrepreneurial guest with me today, Sasha Eburn from Australia. And she's an entrepreneur, but most importantly, she's an entrepreneur in the area of going in on your business. And she's got a virtual uh, assistant business with amazing clients. And she's also coaching women from around the country. And I'm I'm happy to welcome and showcase her brand and her business to the audience. So Sasha, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I what's really interesting is when I did my study on you is you you went all in on your business in just two weeks. Tell us that story, what it was like. And then you, you know, I did the same thing. I just turned in my keys badge and pager and I was like, see you later. And then I've never looked back. So I want to hear your story, your side. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, I had come from 25 years of hospitality and hotel management experience. And then COVID hit the world. Um, and we were one of the first hotels in the country to go into hotel quarantine program. So we were, the entire industry pretty much was stood down and that kind of was the start of everything. And it was a year of in and out of different jobs because I still wanted to and needed to work and tried lots of different things. And one stage I decided to take a shift from hospitality over to real estate and really found that it wasn't for me. And I went and connected with an old acquaintance and she mentioned that she was a virtual assistant. And I was like, what is this? I've never heard of it. Watched the space for about six months. And then one week, I really just didn't enjoy what I was doing. I was given the same task to do all day, every day for five days. And I was just like, there's got to be more to life than this. So I jumped on to the Facebook groups that she had added me to. And I noticed that there was quite a few leads for VAs that I'd had experience and I could help them. So I just decided one night off off on a whim, created my website, registered my business. And within 24 hours, I got my first client. And for a week, I did one client for 12 hours, as well as my full-time job. And in that week of juggling the two, I had started to see all these other leads and started to have pitch meetings. And I think within about that first week, I I drummed up about 15 different pitch meetings. And whilst I hadn't secured another client, I was just like, what if I could, what, what would I do if I had all of the rest of the week to be able to secure another client? So I just went in, I said, I'm out. I'm out. I went all in. And within 24 hours of resigning from my job, I had secured another client. And then within three weeks of that, I was fully booked and I was earning more than the real estate. And then in three more weeks of that, or six weeks after I'd started, I was earning more than I was in my previous executive role in the hotel industry. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, you know, very inspiring. And it sounds like um, you know, by talking to other, you know, one guest, he was stuck in his corporate job and it was kind of like limiting his careers and he was a real estate investor. And it was, you know, that time that he would spend that nine to five time, it, he could have spent doing deals and looking at things, Yeah, you know, he was losing. And it sounds like, you know, you're, but luckily you transition and you're getting, taking advantage of all these opportunities. One thing that was interesting is this pivotal moment that motivated you to go all in. And so for some people, it's like a horrible boss. For some people, it could be divorce. And, you know, some people want to go for their dreams. What was that pivotal moment that 
it made you want to go all in? I think it was the buzz of working for myself. I guess you'd consider me a serial entrepreneur. I had tried a few things in the past and I was working with that one client. I was just like, I can do this. And I loved doing it as well. And then I think also because I wasn't having the best situation in my nine to five, I think if that was all perfect, then I probably just would have done a slower side hustle. And I'd always wanted to jump in headfirst into a business. However, I always kind of didn't have the finances or, you know, didn't have the basis. I always kind of looked at my friends that had husbands and I was just like, oh, they've got a husband. They can just go all in or give it all up. But I had my daughter on my own and then I had a mortgage and I was just like, well, when I was off on maternity leave, we we managed to get by with no income and all of that. So it's just like the worst that could happen is I just have to go back and get a job. It, it really just didn't even cross my mind. I was just like, there's all these people to talk to. So I'm just going to go talk to them. Yeah. And what's what's really interesting is because um, I love these pivotal moments, just that, you know, that what that single moment, what was that that caused them? And I love elucidating that for the audience. The next question I have is uh, for people listening to this, they're like, okay, I'm miserable in my job. I'm stuck in my job. Uh, I'm not growing. It may pay well, but, you know, they have all these things. And what if, what single piece of advice would you give them to overcome their hesitations, turn in those keys, take that leap of faith, go for it, go for their dreams? What, what is that single piece of advice that you would give them? Yeah, what I find when I'm talking to people, the fear comes from the lack of knowledge and the lack of the unknown. So research what you're looking into or speak to people that have had successes. So yes, I grew quite quickly and it happened really fast and other people have had that success as well. And I think that's why it lasted for me was I reached out to other virtual assistants. I jumped on and had virtual coffees and I'm, I actually did the digging to find out how I could make this work. So if they're thinking of just jumping in is just reach out to people that are already doing it because confidence comes with knowledge. And the more knowledge we have, the more confident we can be to make a decision to try something new. And I think the fear also comes from not knowing that we actually have the capability to do the work. And I hear all the time where people are like, I don't have any VA experience. How can I be a VA? Well, the VA is really just a label to offering a remote service to somebody. So if you really dig a little bit deeper, what, it, what are you actually doing? So a lot of people have come from the corporate space, can just use the skills that they've already got and create a really nice business out of it, doing what they would do for somebody else in the confines of a nine to five. But now you get to do it for yourself. Yeah, it's so interesting. And because I know, for example, you know, a lot of editors and video editors, uh, they actually have a team. So they've got, um, they've got a set of video editors and blog editors below them. So they, they, they pose as, you know, single editors, but then they've got people helping them do the work. And um, now with AI, they are learning to use these different tools to make it more efficient and faster. Um, my next question is this idea is um, your certification as NLP for the audience that's neuro-linguistic programming. It's really interesting how you, but um, you attribute NLP as something that's really helped you as an entrepreneur, as your, your ability to coach clients. Um, mm -hmm. talk, about, talk about how you use NLP and how it's enhanced your ability. 
So I guess in terms of how it helped me so that I could then help other people was it really allowed me the fact to realize that everything in life is a choice. So everything that we do is a choice. And a lot of people sit in this story of, oh, I can't do that. I haven't been able to do that in in the in the past. And it really comes down to limiting beliefs. So neurolinguistic programming pretty much opens up the walls for us to rewrite our story and be a little bit different in our thinking to create whatever we want to create. And I think in terms of I had that transformation myself and really as a person and as a business owner, really valued my time, valued my worth so that I could push forward in where I was going. So the way that I like to then show up for my clients is, especially when I'm coaching somebody in business, is it's not always about business. A lot of the things in business that holds them back is actually themselves. It's the lack of confidence, it's a fear of failure, fear of success, and using the tools that I have used in my training of NLP, we can really get to the root cause of what's causing them to not show up daily, to have that fear that they can't charge their worth. So really helping them in that that aspect. And I really believe that that has shown the catalyst to the success in coaching to really get people to the successes that they need because we have all these personal breakthroughs along the way. Yeah, the what I really love about NLP is your ability to reframe things and change the language so that it it's more effective and helps you to perform better in different situations. Could be stressful, or could be a meeting, could be a presentation, it could be your own self-talk. My follow-up question is um, you know, Tony Robbins talks about, you know, the number one barrier to any success in business is the business owner themselves they they're usually standing in the way and people unlock that so that they can achieve massive success what were some of the initial pitfalls you know you took that leap um you mentioned you got all these clients and you're making more than where you were in your executive role but uh you know a lot of people this is what i hear i hear some people say okay I, i took a leap of faith quit my job start my business and then let's say a COVID hit or let's say a big, big recession, the market tanks 30% or, uh, you know, my wife gets pregnant and the baby's on the way. What, what were some of the initial challenges that you faced during that transition? Yeah. So I think in terms of, it's more about pivoting when you need to as well. And I hear it all the time. People are like, oh, I've been doing this for three months and it's not working. So really about staying the course, Rome wasn't built in a day and business is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And the thing with business and I guess with life is there is a strategy to everything. And if we don't know what that strategy is and we don't know what works, we need to find out what works. So if we're jumping in, doing the same thing and we're getting the same outcome, then we need to change the strategy. So I think a lot of people just throw their hands up and it gets all too hard and they want to go back to that safety and security of a nine to five without realizing that they can just change what they're doing for one, look at it in a different way to make it work. Or you're right, like if COVID happens, okay, well, a lot of bricks and mortar businesses pivoted to the online space. So they just rode the wave of the industry changing, whereas a lot of people are like, well, my business doesn't fit the way of the world now. So I think it's it's really about learning how things can work and just making them work as well. And if there's not enough money in your business, 
for you to live and you want to go back to your nine to five, then you're not charging enough or you're spending too much or there's so many different things. Going back to nine to five is not always the answer because you're just going to go back to the same problem that you had before, which was the reason why you left. I hope that answers your question. Elucidates it because, you know, what's interesting is, um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of restaurants in my area and what traveling uh, for business and the ones that are still standing are the ones that utilize Uber Eats, DoorDash, Chubbus, these different, and they utilize, for example, takeout. They said that takeout is more efficient and they make more per sale than people actually sitting in the restaurant because, you know, people sitting in a restaurant, you got to serve them and all this, you know, refill everything. And then the businesses that are gone, they they refuse to take advantage of these new t- types of technologies. Yeah. Like there's this really good quote is like, I think insanity or stupidity is doing the same thing over and over. And then you expect oh, yes. different result. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like you had some follow-up or thoughts or um, to that. So yeah, I, I guess it, it comes up a lot when people are talking about AI, like specifically, mm-hmm. or people are saying, oh, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to buy into that. You know, it's just a fad or, you know, they don't realize that actually it's the way of the future. You have to jump on the train with <laughs> the innovation. Otherwise, they do actually say, and there's some stats around it, that if you don't jump on these innovations, that yeah. you and your business are going to be left behind here. And that's not, you're not going to be successful because you have this phobia around innovation and phobia around new and interesting things that are probably for people that are fearful because they don't know too much about them. But I think there's very much a lot of that happening at the moment and people are worried that it's going to take jobs of copywriters, whereas I feel like it's completely the opposite. So yeah, I just find that whole conversation quite interesting because people don't move with the times. Yeah. And then for example, a lot of um, businesses that are at least you have you have you have to learn and be familiar with the technology because it was like if you're a business and you didn't have a website you know you're you were outsmarted by amazon and you know all these you know blogs and e-commerce and but then now with ai and if you're not going to utilize ai now you're going to have to you're going to have to compete against algorithms and you know systems that are more scalable that are more efficient and more effective that can reach and then so how are you going to compete with ai so you have to kind of learn that technology, at least be familiar with it so that you can stay, stay afloat. Cause um, there's another good quote saying that, you know, if you're not using AI now, you're going to be out of business very soon. And it's just like, <laughs> but um, really fascinating discussion. So yeah. Um, so kind of the role of a coach often involves guiding clients through professional personal growth and talk about um, how these, your journey, um, mold your techniques to coach and also help shape your coaching philosophy? Yeah. So I guess in the beginning, because I grew really fast, I kind of went through a lot of what works and what doesn't work. And we grew to a team of 15 within six months. So I went through all of it. I went through, you know, firing clients. I went through team members taking clients, you know, hiring the wrong people. So I feel like I've literally been there and done it all. And I did pivot to coaching quite soon because I saw the power that this industry could provide in terms of flexibility, in terms of financial freedom, and in terms of just giving people the satisfaction to do really great things for other businesses in the flexibility of their own life. And in the beginning, I started teaching people to start up their business. And whilst I still teach that type of coaching in a self-paced capacity, 
because of the journey that I've gone in, where I've taken my business, I really wanted to pivot to supporting business owners grow and scale their business because I was finding people kind of hit the ceiling and they're like, it's great, but where to from here or how do I get to that next level in business and how do I push past that? So that's kind of where it, where it's at for me, but really showing them and guiding them through that to give them the confidence to show up in their best light and charge their worth and give them the self-confidence they, you know, already have, but really allow them to build their empire, live life how they want to live it, and essentially just do it on their own terms rather than somebody else's. Yeah, I love that. How can people contact you, learn more about you, and, um, you know, possibly work with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I generally hang out on Instagram, which is Sasha Eburn underscore underscore S-A-S-H-A-E-B-U-R-N-E. That's pretty much where I am most of the time. Yeah. And for all the audience out there, let's thank Sasha for coming on and be sure to give her a like and follow on all her socials. Um, check out her work. Um, it's quite extensive and, and fabulous. And all of the resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, Thanks so much for coming on. Probably. Thanks so much for having me.